Neves Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. Hello and welcome to, to The Parent Show on 92.6 FM. I'm Cathy Weston. We've got some lovely guests coming up on tonight's show, which is about raising race-conscious children. And we're going to have a packed show indeed. Uh, we're going to be speaking about the fact that we have a we live in a multicultural country, yet for some reason talking about race, ethnicity and how we live together is often taboo. And we're raising children in a world that in some ways seems increasingly intolerant to diversity, but it's very, very important to acknowledge difference. But how do we talk about difference? How do we talk to our children about how different they are or might seem to other people? On this week's show, we talk to Dr. Pragya Agarwal, teacher Amelia Whitehouse, Shiraz Akbal and mum of one Kelly Coeur de Lyon. That's all coming up very, very shortly. And uh, hopefully you will all, we just wanted to say a very, very big thank you uh, just before we start the show for everyone who's wished us well after our uh, win last weekend uh, in Sheffield at the um, awards, which is the Community Radio Awards 2018. We were absolutely amazed and chuffed and surprised and astonished to get an award in the category of speech and journalism. Um, so thank you so much for all your uh, good wishes and best wishes. And we were really taken aback. Is If you've seen the footage, you will appreciate um, from uh, Facebook where they actually streamed the awards live. So this is our first show back in the studio and we're still, we're still inundated with uh, well wishes even on the way into the studio tonight. So thank you so much. So as I said before, we're living in a multicultural country, yet for some reason talking about race, ethnicity, how we live together is often and taboo. We're raising children in a world that in some way seems increasingly intolerant to diversity. But why is it important to acknowledge difference? How do we talk about difference? How do we talk to our children about dif- how different they are or might seem to other people? On this week's show, we talk to Dr. Pragya Agarwal, head teacher Amelia Whitehouse, Shiraz Akbal and mum of one Kelly Cordelion. We're running a little bit behind, but in a, in a couple of seconds, we will get Dr. Agarwal on. Just to give you a little um, update on her, you may have uh, read her articles in the press in the Guardian, equally in the Huffington Post, where she's written extensively about all these sorts of issues related to um, race and and she also, as a parent as an academic, as a TEDx speaker and as the mother of three girls she actually runs social enterprise and a think tank relating to mental health, so she's very, very interested in creativity mental health and has lots to contribute to the discussion after that, we will be speaking to Amelia Whitehouse, who's a head teacher of an infant school in Luton. And later in the show, we'll be talking to Shiraz. And Shiraz is a young man who's going to tell us about his experience. As Cathy mentioned earlier, tonight's show is all about diversity, understanding difference, and how we can bring up all kids to treat each other equally. And um, not, not necessarily as the same, but just to be equal. And also just to open up the debate about how to talk about these issues and we're very proud to say hopefully that Dr Pragya Agarwal is a is on the phone are you there doctor 
Yes, I am here. Well, yes, thank I... you for your patience. We all have to demonstrate a lot of resilience tonight on the Parent Show. Absolutely no problem at all. <laughs> As a mother, I absolutely know how that is. Thank <laughs> you, thank you. And uh, Pragya, I just wanted to introduce you. You are the British um, Indian um, academic. You're also the mother of three little girls. And you were a senior academic in the US and UK universities for over 10 years. And now you run a social enterprise and think tank on gender equality, women's rights, creativity and mental health. So you do so much uh, in, in all sorts of regards for children. You even run a Facebook group, Raising Creative Kids, and you also give sexism, gender and race workshops in schools. So we'll hear a lot about that a little bit later on. But I wanted to start the discussion with you about a blog that you wrote in the Huffington Post, which drew our attention and initiated this particular show. And it was entitled How to Raise Race Conscious Children. They have to understand that acknowledging differences makes for a fairer world. Can you just start by telling us what prompted you to write that entry? Well, so I came to the UK, um, as I mentioned in the article as well, I came to the UK about 20 years ago as a single parent. My daughter was still uh, relatively young. I was raising her as a single parent. And and now and I did my master's and PhD here. And now I have two-year-old twins um, who are uh, biracial. Um, so, um, so race has kind of run as a thread in our lives, but I realized that initially it was all about for me trying to fit in and try to ignore race and try to ignore my kind of otherness in a way. And so we didn't, I did not deliberately and consciously talk to my eldest about race or racial identity and racial politics. And, and, and Praga, in your article, you actually say, this is the quote that stood out to me, for too long I tried to fit in, I wanted to be known for my achievements, which is totally understandable, and not because I look different, and I wanted to avoid any racial biases or stereotypical associations. So... Obviously, that's a very understandable position. But, and and you've, you've raised a daughter who is a student now, but equally you have these two little children. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting how your approach has changed and how your thinking has changed. Yes, I, I think so. I think it, that is a really interesting thing for me as well, that over the years um, and more recently, I think I realised that because I did not actively talk about race, and about uh, identity and heritage. It affected my mental health, but it affected my eldest's mental health as well, and about how she needed to find a place and needed to find her unique identity as well and try to be comfortable in your own skin. And I think that's when I realized that it's really important to talk more actively about this, about your racial heritage, about talking are having an active discussion around it. And then more and more, our, our society is becoming um, more um, racially, I think, probably divided in a way. You hear a lot about race in newspapers and in media. And I think it really becomes increasingly important that we talk to our children about it. Um, and Pragya, if I could just interrupt, this relationship has just become clear to me that the relationship between your work on, on sexism and gender equality and mental health, because you've summed it up in the phrase that you've just used, which is that we need to be comfortable in our own skin. And, and that goes across the board, doesn't it? Because if you don't, obviously you can't be happy, you can't thrive and, and mentally. 
Yes, absolutely. I think it's. I think um, for children when they're growing up, they it is so so important for them to understand what's unique about them and to take pride in it. I think um, because. They, there'll be times in their lives when they just want to fit in with their peers. They want to be the same as everybody else. And anything that makes them stand out would make them feel worried or concerned or stressed out, and it would affect their mental health. And we read so much about mental health of our teenagers, uh, but we don't actively talk about how mental health can be an issue for children from a very young age as well. So I think it's about helping children, nurturing that confidence from a very young age, that confidence about their own uniqueness, being, yes, as I said, being comfortable in your own skin, being confident about your identity. And that can happen when we have these active conversations at home about it. And what kind of uh, questions or what, how did you approach um, discussing ethnicity and um, with your children? I think, um, now, I think it's really important from a young age. So, for instance, when I started looking into books, um, I realized that there's not that much diversity is a huge issue in children's books. And so I started actively making a list of books that have diverse characters. It's very important for children to see role models in media and in print and in books around them in print who look like them, who wear the stories that are part of their culture, that they're part of their narrative, they're part of their racial heritage as well. They need to be made aware of, they need to talk about it. You can celebrate festivals about it. It's about the history of your ancestors as well. It's about when they realize that this is what connects them to their grandparents from either side or from, uh, and w- take pride in these rituals and in these celebrations. But also these books, so I have a page and I have a booklet with a list of all these books that I've made, um, because I think it's really important to find these books for different age groups. Um, It's also about when we see any racial stereotypes, to actively talk to children about it. I think we sometimes can want to protect our children from any kind of ugliness, so-called ugliness, in in the world, and we do not uh, talk about the negative things in the world. But children are not blind to it, and there's research that's shown that children are not actually color blind. They notice differences in color and differences in how people look. And so when we actively talk about it, um, then children are more comfortable about it. And we may say, okay, you, you might, your color, skin color is different, or your dad's skin color is different, or your hair looks different, or that your friend looks different because of that then they start getting more comfortable of their place in society, among their friend circle. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important from a young age to start ta- having these conversations. So, because I, th- I think quite often there's a temptation to gloss over difference absolutely. and talk about us all being the same and assimilating and all being one mass. But why? Why would we do that? I mean, it isn't it, the more individual people are, the better, the richer the community is. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. And I think that happens because um, I suppose we are we are sometimes ourselves uncomfortable of differences. Uh, we do not know how to deal with them um, with um, differences. And having these conversations with parents, I realize that um, parents sometimes do not know how to talk about it. They are themselves unconfident talking about race and racial differences and racial identity, um, is especially parents who are not of color. They, 
they do not like talking about it because they feel like they could offend other people and people who are of color for myself included sometimes we like our children to feel as i said fit in they don't we don't want our children to feel like they're different from anybody else but pragya what advice would you give to you know someone like me who is not a person of color but you know would would like to be able to have conversations about um, back people's background and ethnicity what are the things that you would well what questions would you welcome um from someone like me who would like to explore and find out about your background um i think just honest conversations just honest um questions just uh, interest in different festivals rather than rather than just picking the, the thing is that sometimes people are just interested in some stereotypical associations and yes. they do not dig deep into what makes a certain culture and it is also you need to understand or people need to understand that everybody belonging to a certain color or racial heritage is not going to be the same we all have our individualities as well so again rather than brushing everybody with the same stroke and saying that okay painting the same picture that everybody who belongs to a certain group is different is the same is not helpful hmm. so just again including a lot of different kinds of books in your child's upbringing as well um talking about geography and history of different races um talking about britain's imperial past in a very honest conversation as well i think it makes a child understand what what are the links to of britain to different parts of the the world as well um i think yeah just making the child aware of different a global um context and social context in an age appropriate manner um and prager you're also making me think you know it's very important that everyone no matter who they're speaking to checks their own assumptions and doesn't jump to conclusions and tries to be reflective about the stereotypical associations they might be bringing to the conversation um, yes absolutely i mean i write a lot about unco- i'm really interested in unconscious hidden biases and we yeah. all of us have these socially and culturally ingrained in us and i have to question them all the time as well not just yes as, yeah, yes and we we are shaped by our how our our upbringing what we have seen as we brought up and no matter how much we try and think differently we bring these assumptions with us so yes it's really important as parents for us to question our assumptions and to reflect on them on an honest manner so having a a conversation around the dinner table picking up a new story which talks about something like this and just having an honest conversation and a debate around and letting the child explore different assumptions letting the child mm. question different yeah. things as well yeah. i think it's really important so um pragya and i'm thinking so much of this is i think down to the media i mean I mean it doesn't reflect the diversity of society most of the time. I mean television certainly doesn't. It does it does it in tiny bits but it it's you know television producers can be lazy and fall back to stereotypes as well and of course that doesn't help the matter either either does it? No, I think it's a huge issue and that's why there are different initiatives which are talking about BME um a more um more diverse cast so for instance 
people are celebrating the David Copperfield for the first time. They've got a colorblind casting in it, or there are some Korean dramas on television for the first time, or um, or the fact that it's very important for children when they're growing up. I know from my own experience, my daughter growing up here, if she doesn't see children, if she doesn't see people who are who look like her, she feels different. She feels like she's not beautiful enough or she's not attractive enough because she only sees a certain type of beauty or certain stereotypical notion of beauty in print and in media. So I think it's really important. And going away from stereotypes, so for instance, if a, if a tele- popular television series casts all British Muslims as terrorists, then that is what the kind of cultural and social stereotype that we are perpetuating as well. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think it's really important for everybody to question this and do it beyond stereotypes. And why not make it more colorblind? Why not assimilate all kind of, why not demonstrate the multicultural nation that we are? And Praga, very quickly, because unfortunately we lost a little bit of time on our show earlier, can you please tell us about the resources you have available, both to parents and schools? Yes, so um, I have a booklet that I've created. So I have this uh, article on Huffington Post. Yes. And I have a page that you could put up a link to, um, which, if, which if you just sign up to it, I will send you a free booklet, which includes other resources, a list of age-appropriate books, with diverse characters that I've compiled from a number of things from my own research. And I think that could be a really useful resource for parents as a starting point. Um, obviously, we have I have the website, which is theartiffin.co.uk, and we bring out different resources from there if you sign up to that or if you just go on the website. The Facebook group is called Raising Creative Kids. And Raising it's not just Creative, about creative Kids, yeah. Creativity, yeah. it's all about... It's all about bringing up children in a very open-minded way. Lovely. It's about creative thinking. So for, um, for our listeners, we're sorry. just going to repeat. It's Dr. Pragya Agarwal. So yes. she's she's very easy to find on Google, aren't you, um, Pragya? Well, I, I suspect <laughs> there are not that many people. So she's name, got a so. fabulous Huffington Post blog, How to Raise Race-Conscious Children. And she's very easy to find all her lovely links um, and her website, Art Tiffin, as well. So a fabulous um, contribution to the show tonight. Thank you so much for joining us, Pragya. And we will put your resources up on our Facebook page for our listeners later on. Thank you so much. Lovely speaking to you. Take Bye. care and thank Bye. you for all the all great the work best. that you do. Lovely. Bye. Thank Bye. you. So that was Dr. Pragya Agarwal, and she does so much. She's been a TEDx speaker. She's actually coming, Lydia, to Sandringham to the Mental Health Conference um, in November. And I believe she may be running some creative uh, workshops around creativity and mental health so people can meet her in person. Fantastic. I mean, it's such an important issue and it's, um, you know, to get our children thinking like this. And, and stop using um, these words like the same and assimilate and making us all <laughs> the same people in, in effect. Obviously, that's not really helpful to anybody who is a different colour or a different religion. And um, yeah, so it, lots of food for thought there. So make sure and check out uh, Pragya uh, Agar and where her name will be on our Facebook page and we will be talking and mentioning all the resources that she mentioned on there, including her Huffington Post uh, article, which also gives lots of food for thought. And of course, there's a lot of issue around around the discussion of the world, race versus ethnicity, which we didn't even get a chance to get into because of the technical difficulties that we were having earlier on in the show. So, um, 
So the um, as as we mentioned, so that we're going, we've got a, a few fantastic guests on the show this evening, and we'd like to move swiftly on to our next one and catch up on any time we lost with our technical hiccups. Hey, Kathy. Yeah, that's right. It's never a dull moment on live radio. <laughs> hey. So, um, so it's so important now to get a school's perspective on this, and we're really, really pleased to have Amelia Whitehouse, who's head teacher at Whipley Infant School in Luton on the line now. Amelia, how are you? I'm fine, thank you, Lydia. It's great to have you on the parents' show. So thank you for having me. We, um, of course, schools have, have so much access to children and have such a wonderful opportunity to kind of unpick <laughs> sometimes damage the parents might be uh, um, creating in terms of diversity. T- talk to us a little bit about your school. Tell us about the diversity in it. My schools are really, uh, it's lovely. It's a sort of glorious, eclectic mix, I suppose, of our entire community. So we've got our largest ethnic groups of white British, uh, Pakistani and Bangladeshis. And then we've got Romanians and Bulgarians. We've got Polish. We've got mixed heritage children. We've got Irish. We've got Caribbean. We've got Somalian. Um, so, so it's lovely. It's a, it's a really diverse mix of children. We've got about 40% of our children have English as their first language. And the other remaining 60%, we have 21 different languages spoken. Uh, we're lucky to have Muslims and Hindus and Sikhs and Christians. We've got Pentecostals. We've got Jehovah's Witnesses. We've got Catholics. We've got Church of England. Um, so we're just really lucky. We have, I think we almost have the, the best almost of a British community in our school. That sounds that sounds fantastic, and I bet it's I bet it's a lively primary school. It certainly is. Brilliant. And how do you and your staff approach difference and and diversity? I think you know, almost following on from your last speaker, it, it's it's actually it's a joy. Our children and families bring so much to our school, and it's such a really lovely place to teach. And we feel that we learn so much from our families. Um, and it means that my staff have to be the best teachers because they have to know all their children inside out and back to front. Our children come with so many different experiences. And every day I am amazed at the resilience of our children and some of the hardships that those families have endured and how fabulous they are. Um, it's, it's just, it's joyous. It is joyous. It's a joyous community to be in and to be very proud to be British, actually, and and that we're all sharing um, in this great community of this school. So, actually, juggling, do you know what? It's just good fun. Fantastic. And it's so refreshing to hear that. Are, are Are there tricky areas in getting children to accept difference in each other? I think that there's... Children are so honest. You know, I think we've all been in the supermarket where our child has used a rather loud voice about someone or other, maybe about the size of them or something or something on their face. Children are honest, and and I think it's about having very honest answers uh, to their questions. We have to be really aware of the images that society gives um, to our children at times. When we had the bombing in Manchester, that's a hard time for my Muslim Asian children. That's a hard time because actually there are some really unkind uh, press headlines. But actually, for us, it's about um, juggling that with them, but actually giving them that view of actually 
community. We, we are a really strong community. You often see in the paper um, the struggles of having children who have English as an additional language in your school. It's not a barrier to learning. It's a skill. Most of the world is bi and trilingual. You know, very few of us, including myself, unfortunately, are the minority being monolingual. These children have opened up sides of their brain. They're much better at phonic screening because they've got fantastic auditory discrimination skills already. So I think for us, it's, it's about these children. They come with loads of different experiences. Actually, that's what teaching is about. It started from each individual child. And Amelia, it sounds like you learn so much. You're the head teacher, but you learn so much from these children. Oh, so much. So much. And, and from their families, too. And... Um, your speaker earlier was talking about stereotypes. Actually, you learn so much about different cultures that I never knew before. And I have people that I can have open conversations with. And I think that's the thing that you need to be having. I ask questions when I don't know. So I know that, for example, for some of our Asian children, Harris J is a really big pop star. So we listen to a lot of his songs in school because it's really nice <laughs> for the children for that to be reflected for them too. So for others, it might be Ariana Grande, but actually, for some of our children, it's Harris J. So it's important that we understand their cultural background too. Amelia, you're probably expert at this. You are expert at this. This opening question to people, where are you from? You know, I mean, I get it as an Irish person. They want to, and I'm not, you know, that's slightly different. But the point is that how do you begin a discussion with someone? I mean, I have colleagues who've been asked, where are you from? And they'll say people, people of staff, members of colour, and they'll say, uh, you know, from London. Yeah, yeah say, I'm from Yorkshire. But, but, but the question is wrong, isn't it? The question is wrong because actually you're from here and now and you have conversations with people about their families. But you wouldn't say, where are you from? That's right. At the That's end of right. the day, they're, they're from Luton or they were originally from Yorkshire. Or actually, it's getting to know people. I would not think to have a conversation with someone I didn't know. That's right. It's just about getting to know people, isn't it? it in, is. in an ordinary way, in yes. a way that is just exploratory and fun and friendly. Yes. And that is the same that you want parents to do with their children. You want your children to be really confident in who they are. If you think about the language of extremism, there's a lot of hatred there. And from that hatred comes, it's from fear. So the first thing that we always say is we want to make our children really confident in who they are. We want them to be really proud. We want them to be proud of their heritage, be proud of their language. So we look at difference in loads of different ways because difference isn't just about your ethnicity or the colour of your skin. We have children with Down syndrome, we have children with hearing impairments, we have children on the autistic spectrum. These are all differences. We have children who live with their parents, children who are looked after in care. We have children who look, are looked after by wider members of their family. But we celebrate it all and we give our children a safe space where they can talk about it. And because we accept it, then the children around them accept it too. So do you think, Amelia, that it, you don't actually need to formally teach diversity, that by just by respecting the individual and celebrating the individual, they get the message? They do. But I am, that's why we feel so lucky, because we are in such a diverse school. And I think if your child isn't in a diverse school, it is for you to go out and find it. 
to go out and find it and share it. As your speaker said earlier, there are thousands now of fabulous, um, diverse books. There's a beautiful book called Ramadan Moon, um, which is lovely. It's all about the festival of Ramadan. Um, there's a lovely book about um, Charlie, which is about, you know, he's, just, he's got autism. You know, there are so many books now. But children need to see images that they can relate to. And Amelia, it's so lovely, isn't it? When you're, my children are in a very diverse school, and they they are experts in every kind of festival, and they get invited to different festivals. And I've learned so much, you know, about different. um, It's just so exciting, isn't it, to find out all those different customs and practices and beliefs. It's just so interesting, isn't it? I would love to invite any of your parents come to Luton during Ramadan every night when they break the fast. There's something in the centre of Luton. Everybody is welcome. We have big Eid festivals. Everybody is welcome. Luton Carnival is just the most amazing place. And I just think it's so lovely to give your children those experiences. Definitely, yeah. Brilliant. So so you'd say to parents, get out there, celebrate difference. Absolutely. Ask, ask questions. Let your children ask questions. Be curious. Find out. And don't be embarrassed when they ask you a question. Don't be embarrassed. If you, if a child says to you, that woman's brown and you shirk, or that, why is that woman um, wearing a headscarf? If you shirk, then they think it, there's something wrong. Yes, she is wearing a headscarf. And, and it's just having a really honest answer. If you see a pregnant woman and your, and your children say, oh, she's fat, you say, oh, no, she's pregnant. She's having a baby. It's a very natural way. And I think people have got to lose the fear. Yeah, lovely. So I think to capture what we've learned already on the show, Lydia, it's about, you know, getting rid of fears, challenging assumptions, being reflective and having lots of lovely and being open to new experiences and involving our children in them. Would you agree? Absolutely. And Amelia, I love your myth busting about English as a second language. Love it. Love Love it. it. You only have to look at the results from London schools and you'll see. Fantastic. The AL children do really, really well. That's right. And they come from from families who are driven and aspirational. Absolutely. And they are so resilient, as you say, intellectually. Yeah, I haven't seen that story in the Daily Mail recently. No. <laughs> Brilliant. OK, Amelia Whitehouse, head teacher at Whipley Infant School in Luton. Thanks a million for joining us on The Thank Parent Show. Thank you very much. All the best. Thank you. So that was a fantastic conversation with somebody who's shaping uh, the future minds of, of our country and British children and making each individual very proud to be uh, a British individual. Um, so that's great news and great news that English as a second language does not mean you are not going to do as well in an exam. So that's a, an incredible myth buster. So thank you very much to Amelia Whitehouse for that. Now, we well, we want to explore this conversation from, from everybody's perspective. So we know some of the tricky issues in the UK at the moment are around, generally around religion So and, and around skin colour. They're probably the two most difficult diversity topics. And we want to... To, to talk to people, to talk to um, listeners of ours about those. So we will be coming back in just one second with, in just a couple of minutes with um, with our next guest, who is um, Shiraz Iqbal, and he's going to talk to us about being British and being a Pakistani.
The Parent Show is sponsored by Neve Solicitors. Neve Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. The radio station that loves St Albans. 92.6 FM. So welcome back to the Parents Show on Radio Verl 92.6 FM. Technical hitches all over the place. But, but we all, don't care. We're resilient. And we live in fabulous multicultural <laughs> Britain. And that's what we're championing tonight. And welcome Indeed. to our next guest. Hopefully he's on the phone. Shiraz Iqbal. Are you there, Shiraz? Hiya. Hiya. How are you? I'm really good, thanks. Yourself? I'm very well, and I just wanted to tell our listeners, I had an amazing conversation with you earlier in the week when I was down in London, in Poplar, and that's why I wanted to bring you into the show tonight, Shiraz. You are 23, is that correct? Yep, 23 And how would you... You lucky (laughs) thing, you lucky thing. And how would you describe your ethnicity? Right, so right now I would describe myself as a British Pakistani, but as a child growing up, I would identify more so as a British person. Yes, and we were talking, weren't we, about how that's evolved and perhaps how you've sort of become more confident, like Pragya was talking about earlier, comfortable in your own skin. Tell us a little bit more about that. So, as a child, I pretty much suppressed my background because I was just trying to fit in, as Pragya said. Um, But then later in life, I just got labelled by a coconut by those who are Asian or Pakistani. And by anyone who is British or not Pakistan, they would label me as a Pakistani, so there was no middle ground for me. Yes. Um, and, and to be honest, ultimately, I felt like I didn't really know myself. And then back in 2015, uh, I visited Pakistan. And honestly, I just fell in love. I just began to embrace my Pakistani heritage. And I want to thank my Felicias who encouraged me to just, you know, be myself, my lovely, awesome Pakistani self. <laughs> <laughs> and you are, because I've met you and you're gorgeous. You really are. Um, so tell us a little bit. Obviously, this show is for parents and I know you're a lovely uncle to um, yeah. a little girl. But I wanted you to tell us, you know, give us some advice, Shiraz. For, for us, we're raising children in this country. How should, how, should we, how should we ask you questions? What would you like to be asked and what do you not appreciate being asked? Because I know you've got experience of difficult questions as well as yeah, ones definitely. that you, you welcome. I mean, as a kid, I wouldn't have been able to ask, answer any questions about my background because I don't really know anything about it. Um, and the worst questions, to be honest, were questions like, how is your uncle Osama bin Laden doing? Or, oh. um, I don't know, why, you're, why are your people doing all these terrorist attacks around the world? And to be honest, it just made me feel bad about myself. And, you know, it, 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 it caused me to not love myself. Um, and, you know... I just don't think it's fair because as a teenager growing up, it just got me really confused about who I am as a person. And, I mean, being a teenager is difficult, and I'm sure everyone knows how difficult it can be. Um, What I would appreciate right now is if people just ask me questions like, why do you love Pakistan? Or what's good about Pakistan? Because, you know, I I always have five facts ready about (laughs) Pakistan. For example, did you guys know that Pakistan can attract all kinds of tourists because it has everything from cities to deserts and from beaches to mountains. 
I did, I did not. No. <laughs> I have an awful feeling, Shiraz, I'm going to score really badly on this one. Go, Go on, give us another one. We're ready one. for number two. Okay, did you guys know that the second tallest mountain in the world is in Pakistan? No, no I didn't know that. What's it called? <laughs> <laughs> it's called K2. It's also in the Himalayas. The Himalayas oh, gosh, Nepal we should have known that one. Kishmere. So it sounds yeah. like a magnificent country, a country of great, great beauty. I would advise anybody to visit. Uh, and um, Shiraz, tell us about the, the people of Pakistan. What's your experience of them? I mean, they're just all-round friendly people. Uh, I mean, in London, if you're travelling on the tube, everyone avoids eye contact. Nobody wants to even breathe in front of anybody else. But in Pakistan, if you're travelling in public or if you're going to somebody's house, it's just so welcoming. Everyone's saying, hello, how are you doing? Giving you a hug, offering you food on the house. And it's just, you know, really welcoming. And warm and friendly and lovely. Yeah. And Shiraz, do you get um, upset by the the assumptions, by stereotypical associations and by what goes on in the media, which Lydia mentioned earlier? What's your experience of the, of the, of the media and the way in which Pakistan is portrayed? I mean, I'm not going to lie, I have got in a few verbal arguments with a couple of people who I used to call friends because um, ever since Osama Bin Laden was found in Pakistan, you know, it's just been held trying to answer questions about Pakistanis being terrorists and Pakistanis funding Osama Bin Laden and things like that. Um, and the media doesn't help at all. I mean, the media never shows anything positive about Pakistan. Um, our, our, our women literacy, literacy rate is like, I don't know the percentage, but I know it's over 70%. Yeah and, yeah. and and all we know about Pakistan in terms of women is that they shot a girl called Malala um, because she wanted to educate women. Gosh. So yeah. that's literally two sides of a coin right there. Yeah. You're right. And even just speaking to you, it's make, made me conscious of all those negative associations that, 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 the, mass, that the press have raised. So it's lovely yeah. to speak to you and hear your warmth about that country. Shiraz, can I just, can I ask your advice? If you were to speak to your, like, 14-year-old self, and how would you do things differently, and what would you tell your 14-year-old self about your ethnicity and your heritage? I mean, if, if I were my parents, I would start by educating myself. I, w- I would educate my kids if I were a parent, let them know where they come from, but then at the same time also educate them of other cultures and other beliefs. Um, For example, uh, uh, there's still a lot of, I wouldn't say uh, enmity, but a lot of people from the South Asian subcontinent, India, Pakistan, they they tend to argue about which country is superior, but I feel like that's not a relevant thing. So obviously respect is the most important thing to teach kids. I think I would also, you know, educate them of role models from other backgrounds. Um, you know, what, whilst being educated, we don't really learn much about um, role models from other ethnicities, and I feel like it's important to teach kids of people from other backgrounds. Yeah, that's a lovely point, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely really lovely. I point. mean, we as you know, as parents. Being role models and presenting role models to your children is is absolutely the key. And what would you say to children in school today about respecting each other's differences, allowing each other to be individuals? What do you think the key thing is for you, Shiraz? I mean, I think, as as our head teacher said earlier, it's just a matter of 
not treating any child different. It's a matter of respecting every child the same. You, yeah. Because, because if we if we were to treat one person better than the other, it would it would lead to a stereotype to thinking that this person may be better than the other. Yeah, and it's it's not it's about sort of making sure those hierarchies don't mm-hmm. exist and people can always have open. And I think in terms of our education system, they should implement some sort of thing which teaches us about other countries. I mean, we have geography, but that doesn't really teach us about other countries' cultures and heritage and things like that. That's right. And history only teaches teaches us about history of Great Britain. That's right. I think that was a point Pragya made as well. Well, listen, we're going to have to leave it there. Although you have been so fabulous, Shiraz, we want to get you back on the parent show. I want to go to Pakistan after <laughs> you speak. I'll come with you. Thank, I want to come. So thank you so much for your contribution. And, um, thank you so it's much. It's been lovely to speak to you. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. Bye. All the best, Shiraz. Bye. So um, that was Shiraz Iqbal and he was talking to us what it, about what it feels like to be a British Pakistani. And I have to say, some, some of the things, so so fantastic to hear his perspective, but also a bit sad to hear the kind of, kind of, a kind of un, unfairness or a kind of attitudes that he's experienced um, in in his life and certainly experienced travelling around in London. So... Hopefully, hopefully, with his discovering his rediscovering his Pakistani passion and roots and roots and uh, everything, he will he'll be a champion for British Pakistanis. Absolutely. And now we're going to a very last interviewee of the night. Sorry, it's been a little bit hurried this evening. Is Kelly Coeur de Lyon? Isn't that a beautiful surname, Lydia? <laughs> Hi, oh. Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Hi. Kelly, we wanted to bring you on the show because um, well, you, you're a, you're a mom to a little boy, aren't you? Yeah. And how would you describe your ethnicity? Uh, so I'm from um, three different countries. So for me, I would just say I'm black, black British. Um, the countries I'm from are Mauritius, Jamaica and Grenada. Fantastic. I've, I've always had a little bit of a battle with um, people kind of not identifying me as black because I'm from Mauritius. Interesting, interesting, <laughs> yeah. Three um, gorgeous countries. Yeah, I want to be from all of them. <laughs> and, and you're actually raising a little boy um, who's nine, is that correct? He's eight. He's eight. Yeah. And Kelly, tell us about your, your... We're talking tonight about making children feel good in their own skin and explaining and talking about um, you know, diversity at home. So what's your, what have you been doing to raise him to be confident in his own skin? So for me, it's it's just really important to make him self-aware and for him to have a kind of strong sense of self, for him to love himself and be confident in his own skin. He is of fair skin. So I'm, I'm now 32. So as growing up, I have seen the difference in dark-skinned people to lighter-skinned people to white people, you know, the term white privilege or lighter skin people being favoured and just different things like that. So because he's of light skin, I wanted to make sure that he was confident in that, that he didn't have to ever kind of, just being a young black boy, I never wanted him to have to overcompensate or, you know, yeah, work too, um, too hard to kind of just be heard. So for me, it was just more about how do I make him comfortable and love who he is? And it started with, if I'm honest, me having to accept 
and love myself. Uh-huh, very good point, <laughs> absolutely. And you being confident in, in talking about your heritage and background. Exactly. yes. And Kelly, did you, do you worry, do, did you worry, do you worry about him trying to explain himself, the way he looks, the, you know, his colour to other people? Do you ever worry about prejudice against him and how, how he might manage it? Um, it's not something I worry about because he goes to quite a diverse school. Yeah. Um, so it's not, and, and he does different types of things. He's in different types of groups. So, yes. you know, he goes to church and he goes to football and... So he's, he's around different types of people all yeah. the time. Um, so it's not something I particularly worry about, but for me it's just about installing the confidence within him so he's able to articulate that. Brilliant. So he's able to kind of say who he is or where he's from. Brilliant. Or what his family are like, what they eat, what music they listen to, you know, <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> so he's able to, what you can really control are his levels of self-confidence as his yeah. mum. That's yeah. lovely, yes. Kelly, did you... Did you feel like that from the moment he was born, or did you did that sense within you grow as as he grew? It grew as he grew, but grew more as I grew. So it took for me to want to understand who I am and accept who I am. So really small practices like even just embracing my own natural hair um, and stop straightening it with straighteners and things like that. So it took for me to kind of have a kind of like a journey of self-discovery for it to kind of almost then manifest into him so for him to kind of really start to love himself if he, if he sees that I'm embracing my natural state then you know I can project to him how why this is a good thing it's not wrong and you know and, and did you hear what Pragya said earlier about there being a lack of diverse role models in literature and in the media what's, yeah. you, what's your view about that is that your experience? Um, I agree in mainstream media. I mean, social media is such a blessing and a curse, but with social media, we, do, we, we are exposed a lot more to, mm. um, you know, a more diverse range of role models, so that's great. But in mainstream media, I agree that it's not so much. However, my son watches programs on... Um, he watches a, a, a program called Four O'Clock Club, and that's on BBC, and the main characters in, in there are black and then the kind of extra characters are white, and then maybe one's Asian. So it, it almost kind of reverses what I saw when I was growing up. Lovely, so lovely. That, yeah, I definitely think that um, it's becoming more mainstream to see, you know, a, a more of a diverse cast. That's nice that you've seen that progression, yeah, you know, seen. yourself in, in your lifetime. Did you have a question? Lydia? And um, Kelly, just I think we've just got one more question before, unfortunately, we're a bit short of time. What would you say to fellow parents? What what could they be saying and doing to their children to help this process? Because it's it's not just about you and your son. I mean, it's about the whole society, isn't it? Understanding yes, difference. So I think personally, um, I would say to just be confident with what you believe in, stand for something, um, and be firm in that. So. Whatever you stand for, whether it be your religion, your race, your culture, your ethnicity, your music, whatever it be, or the food you eat, just stand for that, believe in it, um, and just, you know, really confidently do you. Be confident within yourself, and that I think that will project into our young people. They can then be confident within themselves and, you know, give that back out to the world. 
Do you know what I think we need to give Kelly and Shiraz their own show, basically? Yeah. Just amazing. <laughs> the Kelly Shiraz show. There would probably be no, no technical hitches if you guys were on. We could listen to you all night. Thank you so much for Thank contributing you. tonight and maybe we can have this discussion again. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, for Kelly. Me. Well thank done. You. Thank you Take so care. much. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye bye. So that was um, Kelly talking to us from London about her experience of being black and British. So we've come to the end of the show. Oh, apologies again for the uh, technical hiccups. Hopefully, uh, won't happen again. It won't. We made up for it, didn't we? We were yeah. resilient, Lydia. Yeah, and plenty of yap to make up for it. <laughs> so uh, tune in next week uh, where we'll be live on air from 8 to 9 pm on Thursday. Good evening. Thank you for joining us. Bye bye. Neve solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neve's includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neve's solicitors, your complete legal solution.